start it. Zero one one nine two zero two three. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, sometimes funny podcast covering new and classic Trek. I'm your Chadish for tonight, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen is Clyde Haynes, and I'm looking for Chadish. What do you think I could find when maybe uh, Craigslist? Should I open up an ad? Facebook, maybe? Definitely Craigslist. Uh, I think it's Laura's list. it's a gig economy chadish that's right there you go and and i'm uh paul you know friend of duras (laughs) perfect 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 thank you all so much for joining us uh tonight we are going to be reviewing and chatting about what we know so far about picard season three we're going to talk a little bit about the trailers and some of the sneak peek scenes that have come out there's been like 10 different trailers of just like random dialogue with images of characters, as well as a couple of extended trailers and scenes. Uh, So excited to dig into that with you. And then we are also going to have a discussion about Worf, who is joining Picard's cast for the first time uh, in this era of things for, for our Capitan. Uh, And To do that, we're going to talk a little bit about the episode Sins of the Father from the Next Generation, dig into Worf's personality, growth, character development, all of those things. Um, But Paul, can you remind people where they can subscribe to the podcast? I can. Uh, Let's see. I'm supposed to remind everyone to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, All the links are at uh, StarTrekPod.co. And if you're loving all our content, uh, please consider joining Patreon. Uh, it's two dollars per episode at patreon.com slash Star Trek Pod. Yay! Choo choo choo! Phasers, phasers, set on awesome. <laughs> set your phasers to awesome. Clyde, how can people participate if they're watching us live on YouTube this evening? If you're watching us live, then you can just type in the chat capital P, capital O, capital D, capital Pod, and we will take a look at your comment, your question, your insight. Um, let us know what you're thinking, respond to what we're saying, correct us or answer some of our questions. We love it when you do that. Um, and then at that special time, you'll know what it is. Uh, you want to share your exciting moments, what stood out for you. Just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we'll take a look at yours. Excellent. All right. I think it's time we jump into the Titan and we take some uh, spicy hot for it's time for some hot breaks um we've had a lot of content drop about picard thus far they're really getting us pumped what did uh i thought we'd go in kind of chronological order of the previews that we've gotten thus far but um for our main captain but what's your what's your overall thoughts and feelings and the vibe that you're getting for this season in your hot freak. So I'll say this. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, this is season three. So the last two seasons, I've entered both of those seasons like really excited. Differently, but really excited. Expectations were really high, right? So it's like season one, like this is John Luke. This is my captain. I'm excited. And then I was kind of like, hmm. Season two, I got some early previews, and I'm like, this is great. This is amazing. And by the season, I wasn't quite sure. It's I feel like I'm on that roller coaster again. So now I'm kind of like, all right, I don't know. 
because I, you know, I went back and watched a, a trailer to today and I'm looking at it and it's like Jonathan Frakes, LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden. And I'm just like, everything in me wants to get super excited. And I know the show is called Picard, but in my head, I'm already working myself up to thinking this is the next, next generation. This is TNG 2023. Like I'm, I'm getting so excited because I'm like, this is my crew. Right. And I'm just worried that I'm going to be crushed because it's, it's, it's like, is it going to be as good as I want it to be? Can it be as good as I want it to be? It's been a long time. It's been a long long road. I was waiting for it. I gave, I paused to allow you guys to jump in. And and we did. You caught two. We took the bait. Paul, what's your overall vibe? What are you feeling for the season thus far? So I'm, I'm of a different uh, perspective. It's like, uh, like the first two seasons, like the first season I go like, Oh my God, they're doing Picard. And, and it started off like, strong for me and then it fizzled uh and i go like ah never again never again and then the season two trailer came out i go like, season two and i and i go and then it, it wasn't as strong as i wanted it or that i needed it to be i go never again and then the trailer drops i go season three! Oh my god it's good it's like each time i'm like a cartoon character that just jumps into the pool again and again not seeing if it has any water in it or not and it's okay. The worst that's going to happen is I'm going to go like never again. Mm-hmm. But like right now I am full f- head first, head first, Wiley Coyote, a la Wiley Coyote. That's, that's how I'm excited about Picard. Yeah. But, but Paul, like- you say never, you say never again, but like, re- like, would you like, I think that's the thing that concerns me is because I'm like, they're going to put it out. And regardless of what it is, I'm gonna watch every single episode. But I have to like say I that I have to say that in order to like preserve, you know, my sense of like, you know, like sense of like, oh, I have taste. But like, I'm, I'm just a super fan. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be excited about whatever they give me. You know, like if they have like a, uh, what's it, what's her name, uh, uh, Exobot. What's the Exobot's name? Uh, in uh, oh, Lower Deck, Lower Deck, Peanut Hamper, Peanut Hamper. If they have a <laughs> Peanut Hamper movie, I'm gonna see it. Yeah, I'm gonna see the it. Line at Peanut Hamper. And, like I'm just saying, like you know, I, I'm gonna go, like my mind will go. What are they gonna do? I got no. <laughs> so like you know, there, there's almost yeah. nothing that they can do to make me not. And 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 truth be told, it has like a lot of choo 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 choo. I and mean. It, yeah, my my hot frag is it looks like we're going to get space fights. We've got the whole crew back together. The chemistry is just like there. There. Right? Exactly. Like there's, That's right. You know, we don't have to wait for the team up. The team up has been happening for decades. And right. like it's going to be. It, it, it's next gen plus seven of nine. Exactly. Oh, right. right so, so how can you not jump head first? How can you not be. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm, I'm in. I, they Listen, they had me at Titan. Okay, because I'm I'm like one of the three people on the planet who read those novels, right? Sure, sure, sure. And so, like they like I'm like wow, they're bringing my sh- like my second ship, uh-huh. like <laughs> into the screen. Like I'm excited about this. And so, here's my other like kind of nerdy feeling 
about the fact that um, this is now Terry um, Madalas's second time show running for this show, second season show running. He started his career working as uh, an associate producer on Voyager and on Enterprise. And I'm like, you know, you know what we want. You know, like you were there. You give know it, what give, we give want. it, give it, give it, give <laughs> so it. Come on, Terry, you got give this. It, like, give it, give it. <laughs> I'm gonna believe in you, Terry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all the sneak peeks are making me more excited. It looks like a mystery box kind of situation, but um, let's kind of go through the timeline of the details they've dropped for us thus far. So the first preview came on Star Trek Day, which I got to see in person. Oh, oh, um, oh did you? You're going to keep rubbing that, that in, aren't you? Oh, oh. You're not going to let me forget. Forever. 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 It was, it was one of the best days of my life. So forever. Thank you for that. Like, like the one thing I can't do, I can't be there because I had to attend a wedding. And Ooh. I get back, and what does Mariah, Mariah tells me about all the people she hung out with? I met how Jerry close Ryan. She, and she was to Heard. people. I have oh. pictures of me and Michelle Heard. Oh, it's like, hanging out at the after party. And where was like, I? Like, like, I was at a wedding. How, how many weddings have you been to in your life? A lot. How many? How many? How many Star Trek dates have you gone to? Now, yeah, zero. <laughs> so, so, so you you made your choice. <laughs> <laughs> you made your choice. Just saying. Uh, but uh, anyway, back to back to the timeline here. So we got sort of like a lot of dialogue and we got a lot of character reveals. It was exciting. Everyone was stoked. We got to see Worf was back. We saw Jerry Ryan was, of course, in there. Beverly Crusher got a big reveal. It was super exciting. Jordy LaForge is back. Um, and then we finally get another sort of preview of Picard looking through old uniforms. And there's a setup of like, we are. We have to go on a good old fashioned road trip. Is like the vibe, um, and then they list that everyone's back, including Brett Spiner, which kind of gives us our biggest takeaway. And what I wanted to mostly discuss about um, the season setup is we see that Lore is back, and there is also a new villain who has been really uh, revealed to be uh, Vedic Captain Vedic, who is being played by. Amanda Plummer, which I think is an important detail we shall discuss. But what did y'all think of the big reveal that lore would be included this season? It, it makes sense. Um, in, in the way that, you know, you can't do this without Brent Spiner. Like that would just like, how could you do that? But you've effectively killed his character off in season one. So what would you do, right? I mean, they've done flashbacks and stuff before, and we got the whole, like, let's travel back in time so we can see alternate Q-inspired Brent Spine. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that we that they've done before. This is the next evolution. Now, what do I think about it from a story standpoint? L- Lore was probably one of my favorite villains on TNG. Right? Like, it just... it. It, you know, it's the evil twin trope. I, I, I wouldn't call it Little evil. Twirly. Like, you know, like hurt androids hurt people. <laughs> hurt androids hurt people. He, his emotion chip was stolen. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, but, but go, we continue, Clyde. I, I didn't. No, no. That. I mean, I, no, it's, I think, um, I think that's a, a an interesting point. Like, hurt androids do hurt people. Like, hurt androids if, kill all of the colonists. <laughs> Well, but here's the thing about it. I think the thing that's interesting about Lore's 
storyline from a villain is his villain backstory feels plausible, right? It's it's kind of like you've he's the discarded, you know, first child that oh I made a bunch of mistakes, and now I'm gonna get it all right with the with the second and tell no one that the first even exists because you know it's it's like the neglected hurt sibling you know left for dead in the woods exactly so it's and now they come back and you know it's the beginning of a really good horror movie it just but it it makes sense like you understand lore's pain and you understand that his psychopathic nature comes from pain and not just from pure evil right like we get a lot of characters that are just they seem opportunistically evil Laura, you understand where that pain's coming from, right? You want him to, and I think, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but part of you wants him to be healed in some way, Hmm. which makes him somewhat of a compelling villain. I was going to say, Chippy just asked in the chat, is this going to be a Laura redemption arc? I hope not. (laughs) Keep villains, villains. They're like, you know, all villains' lives matter. I, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> no. Listen, I'm I'm all for having a, a nice big bad mm-hmm. that we kill at the end. <laughs> like I'm it's I feel like it's worked out well so far for Discovery. Let's uh let's keep that let's keep that going. Well, I feel like the big bad that they've truly set up is this new Captain Vedic who, Mm -hmm. oh, there's tons of speculation online about the potential link that she has to Jean-Luc Picard. Um, What we do know from some of the um, talks and what's been revealed from uh, both uh, the cast and crew of the show is uh, this is a mysterious alien captain of the Strike, which is a warship that has its sights set on Jean-Luc Picard. Um, and his old crewmates from his days on the Enterprise, according to Gates McFadden, um, and is currently hunting Dr. Beverly Crusher, which is kind of our main plot point we've been revealed. I wonder in this timeline if uh, Picard was ever married to Beverly. That would be interesting. There's been a lot of chatter online that potentially... Didn't we we see that they, like when they tried to make it work or or something? Like like, I I think we saw... Uh, Maybe that was a different timeline where she was his ex-wife, right? Exactly. In season finale. I feel like we've seen that a couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In season finale, uh, she was uh, the uh, former Mrs. Picard. Anyway. But yeah, so so they were married. So I don't know in this timeline if they are or not. But I'm just curious. Yeah. There's been a lot of um, thought that potentially this is an offspring of Picard. From oh. uh, some of his time with other people in places, and there is some revenge there. Um, what is an interesting connection as they are setting up right that this is the last season of Picard, and um, this captain is being played by Amanda Plummer, who is the daughter of Christopher Plummer, who played the evil Klingon general that went up against Captain Kirk in sort of his final uh, entry into Star Trek. Um, so I think that's very interesting. And they've also introduced her in a similar way. There's the chair swivel. She comes into scene. Um, yeah. So potentially there's something there. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, big, big, don't know, but I don't yeah. care. Head first. Head, Head first, first into it. That's right. Uh, like just, just for my hot, you know, my hot lore, 
<laughs> Ooh, hot lore. Hot lore. Like, you know, lore. Uh, hot lore. So that might be, I might have to make some new videos for. I, I think I've always enjoyed lore more than data. Everyone loves data. Whoa. Because, uh, that yeah. is a hot, hot lore. lore. It's a hot that lore. That is a That's right. hot, hot lore. It, like. It, 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 let, let me give you, you know. You know, like uh, my my. I need some justification, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, everything Clyde said, I agree one hundred percent. You know, I mean, but, you better get to it because I think the chat might turn on you here in a second. I, <laughs> let them turn on me. Come at me, like, you know. Uh, but like, data is arguably the most powerful normal normal in all of Star Trek, right? Like he's not like you know. He's not Q, but like, you know, he, he's smarter, faster, you know, stronger than everyone, right? Like everyone, there's no other, other race that is like, you know, and if you're that, couldn't you just imagine being an asshole? (laughs) If you have that much power. I know. Wouldn't, Wouldn't you just. Wouldn't you just go like, oh, like, you know, I'm not saying that I, I I would be lore. I'm just saying like, I could understand the impulse to be like, oh, you guys are dumb. You guys are weak. You guys like, like, I'm just saying, and now you're on some hick planet in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing, you know, and I could, I could just see it. And then, and then they turn you off. Like, you know, I, I understand the the idea of like, oh, I am better than you kind of mentality. I, I understand where that that could lead to that. And and like, you know, for all of it, data is very modest and eventually it gets a little boring. Like I, I need a little a little grit. And you know, and, and Laura gives you like, you know, the little little blood sport, a little like, you know, I'm gonna kick your ass because I'm better than you, kind of like a little bully. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know, I know that's not popular, but you know, like, pretty awesome, I think. Potentially more interesting. Um, some folks in the chat are asking what happened to Lore, um, and from what I can one remember and two tried to double check today <laughs> was um, he led a rogue Borg faction, and then they turned against him, and then he got deactivated and dismantled. Uh, his, apparently his emotion chip was salvaged from his body. So I'm assuming I, I, that's how we have lore this like, time around. As a person who like, you know, is a, a lore, lore expert. Okay. Please <laughs> so, expand. Uh, so uh, basically uh, if you were, everyone remember Hugh, like, you know, okay. Hugh, uh, Hugh broke from the collective because of the, of the self identity program that Jody put into him. His, his little segment got, kind of like lost and lore became found them and became this like cult personality kind of thing mm-hmm. and so he promised them like oh you're going the wrong way dude you know you don't want to what you want to look for it go to is like fully artificial you don't want to go this hybrid crap you want to go full so that so all these boards going yeah let's be like let's be like lore and so lore ultimately started leading them to get uh uh, what you call it to trap the enterprise now mm-hmm. lore had already stolen the emotion chip that dr sung had made specifically for data for data okay. mm-hmm. yeah and so uh and so what he did was he hacked that chip 
and was able to give data some rudimentary emotions, mostly anger and like, you know, and after he kills the Borg, pleasure from that. And so like data gets hooked into this emotion and he's also able to uh, deactivate his ethical subroutine. So he's controlling data, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hugh and a, a, a pack of pack of the, you know, and he, Hugh has a bit of people who have a rebellion against the, the cult lore. And then ultimately they all fight and Data winds up shooting lore uh, and turning him off. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Data salvages his emotion chip that, you know, that uh, Dr. Sung gave to him. Uh, and he, uh, he doesn't, and it was damaged a bit. And he doesn't try to, you know, use it again till generations. So, so lore has all. I don't think lore has. Lore has just been dismantled since that episode. Well, seems like maybe next episode we should potentially rewatch a, a lore episode. Oh or two. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, we like, will see. I had a couple of thoughts for our next one. One, two. I think there are only like four. Like you know, like one is mm -hmm. two parter. But it's always so good when you see it. Oh, so good. Noted. Mark um, in in the chat wants to know. Says she thought that Worf was going to be the focus. We're going to get there. We're, we're getting to Worf. We're getting to Worf. We will Do talk about Worf. Yes. We got we got distracted by the lore of it all. Yeah, Put but, your bat left down. It's no, going to be like, okay. like first, like you have to go with someone with no honor, and then we can talk about honor. That's right. There we're we working, go. It's gradually working our way up the honor chain. But the theme so, is like you know sins of the father. Because, like, you know, Worf had to deal with his father and Lore had to deal with his father. Like, it's all working together. Like, we, we, we're going to we, mesh it. That's right. We promise. We... <laughs> nice, nicely done there, Paul. That was great. Thank you. That thank you. Great. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> um, and with that segue, I think, uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about in particular for uh, the trailers we have this far? I'm sure over the next few weeks, as we kind of talk about some of the other characters we're expecting, we can dive into a few other I ideas. I'll say here's what I'm curious about is what happens with um, kind of Riker and Troy because we've mm -hmm. seen them right we've seen them in this kind of like retirement phase we're mm -hmm. just making hanging pizza. out right making making pizza like dispensing wisdom over a brick oven pizza type of deal it, it'll be like how do you reset that like or do you, do you build off of it? Like it's gonna be interesting. Oh, like, this this whole like AR AARP enterprise. Um, I'm just not sure what to expect. Well, from what it's kind of looking like is like essentially our captain this series is actually seven of nine, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I think. I don't know. Like I, my, my grandpa was real bad at staying retired. I feel like Riker would also be someone who's real bad at staying retired. Do you know what I mean? Sure, mm -hmm. sure. But to go with, with Clyde said, like, you know, we left Troy and Riker as parents who've lost a son mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that, that's, that's where emotionally they are. They're, they're all kind of like mourning. They're still in mourning, you know? And so like, you know, and, and they very different than, the Riker that we had seen in next generation, because like, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're parents and, you know, who's lost. And so I hope that they don't lose that gravitas. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope, I hope it's, I hope it's like, 
you know, Riker Troy of 2023, as opposed to, oh, well, you know, let's go back to the 90s and like, but we're old. You know, so I, 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 it was an interesting choice what they did. I, I don't know if uh, it would be the direction that I would have taken it, but like, but like now that it's set, I would, I, I'd, I'd like to see it, you know, transpire. Yeah. Is that the right word? Am I, am I glass ending? Yeah. See, see how it evolves. Yeah. See, see what unfolds, if you will. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that the trick with, with me is in my head, they're still in their like 30s. Right in the novels and the books, they're still like this is really right after they left the Enterprise. Like it's, and so what they do with this generation is going to be interesting to me, right? Like, but but this is what we're seeing with everything. Like we see all these reboots, and instead of the characters that we know and love, it's their children. Um, and Which this is, is an a different point, right? Like, like I was reading an article today about that 90s show and it being really about the children of the people who were in that 70s show and i'm just like this is kind of what we're doing this is a different take where this focus is not on the kids of Riker and troy like it, it it's focusing still on them so i'm i am really curious again i trust the writers so i'm gonna i'm in but uh i am really trying to figure out what's gonna happen here yeah, I was going to bring up, there has been some interesting talk about how this could potentially segue into the next next generation, because they do have, like, Mika Barton is on the bridge crew of the Titan. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, you have Seven of Nine taking over as a captain. There's some there's some potential. There's some potential there, which I also would head not first. be mad at. Head first. I'll head take first, it. Baby. That's the right. The whole show with Jerry that's Ryan right. at the head? That's right. I yeah. will. Always... No, 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 no. Wait, did Give... you, no, did no, you no. say Misha Barton as in Burton. like Burton? Burton. Okay. Uh, you just scared me there for a second. I was like, no, not from me... the OC. It's yeah, LeVar, like, LeVar OC, Burton's LeVar's actual kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> like, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, I look at you and you go, you want to be on my side. You want to be jumping head first, but it's just that fear. But just, it doesn't matter. Just jump, jump. <laughs> so, so here's here's what I'm scared of, right? It's huh. like, and this is this is gonna be a little embarrassing, but like I was a big fan of Sta- Saved by the Bell, right? And so when Saved by the Bell, the new class came out, I was like, eh, this is not Saved by the Bell, and so I want it to be authentic. But I feel like it's hard. It's really hard to do a next generation, a next next generation show. Yeah, but um, it would be totally different if it's like there's one sort of connecting thread so we can get some fun, like fan service, uh, like cameos every once in a while from some of these folks. But essentially it would be like a launching point for a new show. But I, I haven't heard any rumors of a Jerry Ryan show as of yet. Um, apparently, Section Thirty One is still technically in development. I was just going to potential bring that like, Oscar sure. winner Michelle Yeoh. Um, <laughs> but I, I, we shall I think see. that's going to be great. Anyway, just, yeah. Like you know, I, I feel like there, there's a lot of talk about you know Picard, but what about you know Worf. the person who he was the Chalich Chalich. 
whatever for Klingon is just a really robust language, okay? Back off. It is. <laughs> it's, it's got complicated syllables. You are correct, Paul. Um, um, yeah, I think it's it might be time for us to have a second round of some... Second round of Deep V. Second round with some Deep V. If you are watching the video, uh, y'all should check them out at least for our Hot Freaks bumpers. They are quite, quite delightful. Um, what did uh, y'all think of this episode of TNG? I, you know, I I will say this is where Clyde, uh, I get stabbed. Uh, just so you know, as far as characters of Next Generation, I love them all. But Worf is not has not always been my favorite. Uh, and the reason why is because I feel like his code is so draconian in a way that he seems like a simple character. You know, like, honor first, and, you know, and and that's it. Fight honor, fight honor, fight honor. And I think, uh, I think this is one of the first episodes where you go, like, oh, he has, you know, he has this other... I want to say side, but like, you know, he has layers to that. Like, you know, like for example, he, he shields his brother from, you know, from, uh, from being cast out with him. He's, he's going to forego his honor in order to preserve the, uh, uh, the, the empire. Spoiler alert, everyone. I'm sorry. 20 years spoiler. <laughs> Uh, so like, so I think this is one of the first episodes where I go like, oh, I really enjoyed the wharf journey. And like, you know, and I, I recently, within the last six months, took my wife on a, a wharf curated tour. And, you know, this was definitely one of the, uh, episodes that you see, you know, where wharf, wharf gets the change. I, I think a lot of his change happens in deep space nine, but like, you know, but TNG is, is. Is where it all started. So I love this episode. There you go, Clyde. I I love this episode. Um, if you were to ask me who's your favorite character, like that's a no brainer for me. It's Jordy LaForge. Um, and I think when I was younger, watching this for the first time, I struggled with understanding the nuance of of War's character. Um, and since I've gone back several times since and rewatched it. Every time I watch an episode with Worf, I see something I hadn't seen before, right? And it tells me that there's some some writing with him and his character that was was probably more profound than I thought. And and so for me, the scene between Kern and Worf on the bridge, where he's he's talking to him and he's getting frustrated, sure, um, was super fascinating to me because that is this idea. And then when he, he comes to his room and they have this conversation, it, it was almost, it felt a little revealing. And as a member of the black community, it felt like you're telling secrets. Like that's this, this, this idea of code switching, right? It's this, this, this place where I felt like I've lived most of my life, my, especially my professional life, where it's regardless of how you're feeling inside, you act a certain way at work, right? When he's on the bridge, he's thinking things, he's feeling things, but he's towing the line. And then afterwards, when it's just the two of them, he gets real, 
right? And and that like that that was so nuanced and felt like was expressing so much more that as I watched this and I thought about Worf and I thought about like this is someone who has lived in a bunch of different varieties. He's outside of of what he considers home, and yet he's held on to this tradition, you know, where people don't understand, but he's also been able to assimilate. And and I think we see so much growth in him throughout TNG and to your point, Paul, and so much in DS9 is that he becomes this character that is much more than just warrior, you know, smash, kill, you know, black and white, always it's either this or that. He becomes this, this character really understands how to live in two worlds. And so to me, there's some other episodes, but to me, this was like the jumping off point of we're going to dive into Worf's character, come on board for the long haul. I felt like this was kind of the first episode that says, hang out with us for the journey. Like To, to, to your point, Clyde, like Worf is the character who has 11 seasons worth of growth. That's the longest Actually. of any Star Trek person. Uh, I, I, I th- yeah, even Picard right now. I was going to say, what about Cole Meany? Fair. I, I, I would. I would make. I would make the argument. I would, I would make the argument that like he does not. Uh, he's not a main character in Next Generation for a long time, and uh, and then he disappears from Next Generation, right? Yeah, he does. Because he, he goes to Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think Morph has eleven seasons, you know, under him. Yeah, I. In watching this episode, so I don't know if I ever watched this during my original like viewing of any TNG. So this is probably the first time I've sat down and watched this episode from beginning to end. Um, and it one made me wish they were working on a Klingon like family, like familial drama series, because I find like the Klingon, um, like ethos and houses. I find it all fascinating. Like a Game of Thrones, but for Klingons. Exactly. That is exactly Ooh. what I want. Yeah. You, you, you hear it, everyone, right here. This, right. Is where, this, is where, this is where it got, you know. That's your next pitch. There you go. <laughs> I like, I, I want to know. House of Moog. Exactly. House, House of Moog. House of Moog. I was like, I'm into it. Give me something like Sopranos meets Game of Thrones meets Star Trek. Um, I need it. Um, the other thing that made me really excited was seeing Tony Todd as uh, Kern because, I mean, I, I love Candyman. It's like one of my favorite horror movies. Um, so I was just like, Candyman is here. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't look like Candyman, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed his uh, performance through all the prosthetics. Um, and I thought it was like such an... I thought it was an interesting episode because when I started it, like I knew what I was sort of supposed to be getting into, right? Like this high council thing. And so when Kern showed up on the, on the ship, I was like, what is happening? It was such an interesting split of an episode. Uh, it, was, it was so good too, because like, it looks like it's going to be like the part two of the, of the Riker episode, right? Where Riker right. goes up and then it switches like at the first act and you're like, a, holy crap, this is amazing. When you first saw that, like what in the nineties, you're like, what is happening? It's crazy. 
It was, yeah, I was just like, I, at first I was like, I double checked. I thought I was watching the wrong episode. I was like fully, I was like, oh, this is probably the episode before the one I'm supposed to watch, but I guess I'll just watch both. And then it just kept going. And I was like, oh no, this is the right episode. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed like that bait and switch of this, of this. And then, um, the shock of the brother I thought was well done. And then getting into like the drama of the councils. And then I think, um, Keen said it was like, it's so frustrating. No wharf sacrificed so much only to stall the Klingon civil war by a year. But yeah. 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 But right to your point, like it's all, it's all hitting me at once that you're right. Anytime that we're in that Klingon high council, and they're talking about the family. It's fascinating. Yeah. It is absolutely fascinating. And I, I'm I like, was thinking. What makes him so important that you literally are willing to sacrifice an entire family for this one kid, right? Well, I'm, and you got to think about it. Like, we as a culture get so obsessed with, like, you know, family trees and 23s and me's. Like, this was mm-hmm. before, this was originally before this. Like, oh. And I think the idea that um, we we get to see his family mm-hmm. is fascinating. And I was I was thinking about it. Anytime there's a wharf family like component, it's it's actually pretty compelling television. I also found the nurse who made fun of the uh, of the count the high council like dude hilarious. Yeah. Um, right. I thought that was like a, a fun fair. moment. Also there was a lot of set pieces is like a production person like person i was like this is an expensive episode (laughs) you've got extra makeup you've got extra costumes whole new sets that they don't use over and over again i was like i'm into this this is fun um i think my favorite thing is like this right you know this is this is the cultural month (laughs) (laughs) it reminded have you ever watched uh i think it's there's an episode of like the mighty boosh where it's like the sorcerers are just like, if someone does something wrong, they're like, I turn my back on you. And they literally like hover and turn around. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I found it really fascinating. I thought this was a, a great, like you said, Paul, this is an episode where you really see the character start to really get some multi-dimensionality, if that's a word uh, sure, no. infused here, because I think, it is so easy to think of Klingons as this, like, today is a good day to die, or I only am concerned with honor. I was like, but how stressful it must be to be a Klingon, like, to always just be like, I'm inches away from death, and I have to just, like, love that. <laughs> I don't, I mean, to, to that point, I go, like, I wonder, like, and I was watching this, because I'm going, like, oh, what, I, 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 was, I was going, like, what must it be like to, to just always, it's, I imagine it's like being a Viking, like, you know. Mm. like you know just like ah kill murder yeah you know like i i I don't know what is to be a viking so if i'm if i'm offending someone i apologize Um, (laughs) but but like you know just you know but like it just seems like that's what uh is similar to like you know kind of like i strength makes right you know that's that's what it seems like yeah it also to me there's a I think you mentioned it earlier, Paul. There's a code, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, what it is is, I think when, I, especially when I think of like like American culture, there's a lot of unspoken, unwritten rules, right? Sure, sure. That it's kind of like, oh well, if you do, oh that was a faux pas, 
we don't do that. And it's especially when it's trying to raise children. It's like, oh, well, you don't do that. And they're like, well, why don't you? And it's like, well, because it's just not done, right? Because it's like, well, people will talk about you or oh, it's, it's impolite. In the Klingon culture, it's like, no, there are a list of rules. Penalty is death. You, like, it's, there's not, they're not unspoken. They're very specific. Yeah. And so it's interesting to be in a culture where it's like, no, you make a suggestion about how my, my work performance is, and I stab you in the chest. Like that's an interesting like that's an interesting take on a performance evaluation. Like it's it's fascinating. I I did I think maybe my my favorite scene of the whole episode though, besides when I think Worf has his like I have come up with a solution and I am going to like save everyone, right? But you you mean the shut up the card moment? (laughs) Yeah, that was great. But no, my favorite was when they're having dinner and that dry ass looking turkey that Picard was carving into. And Kern is just like, y'all don't know how to season your food. And I was like, yeah, obviously that turkey looks terrible. (laughs) No one replicator does not have a seasoning function. Apparently. Uh, anyway yeah it's like you can't you can't replicate a juicy turkey like uh, it, it looks really bad um it, it, you can get a little honey banked ham or something like this you can't oh yeah and then someone in the chat pointed out uh, of course we find out that picard loves his caviar no replicated fish eggs for him no it, it, there's a uh, what's the word uh there are privileges for being the captain you know it's it's one of those things that you know our former co-host grant uh made me realize is that as much as I think of and love Picard as like, that's my captain going back and watching TNG. Like there's some things about him that were a little like, Hmm, (laughs) didn't, didn't quite age well. And this was one of those scenes where it was like, I love caviar. It just seems like, really, dude? Like, I mean, Chateau Picard, (laughs) it was all written in the stars for him. (laughs) I'm like his secret just... funding of archaeological digs. Yeah, I mean, like he, he's he's you know he's 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 okay. No, yeah. Picard's awesome, but like you know, but not everyone can be awesome at every single facet of life. Right. It's just it's interesting. So. Um, what... except Lore, because Lore has a positronic brain. He chooses not to be awesome in every aspect of life. <laughs> Um, I wanted to kind of bring up, so we're we're sort of building, I feel like this is one of our first pieces to the puzzle of getting to the fact that um, Worf now identifies as a pacifist, as said in the trailer, yeah. which I don't know if that will end up being a joke, which mm-hmm. is a potential bait and switch. We love doing that in a trailer. Um, or if that's truly his outlook on life at this point. And do you think this is one of the first instances we see that potential turn of character? I'm not even sure. I've been thinking about this a lot since we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not even sure how I feel about the idea of Worf as a pacifist. Like, his character comes with just, I don't know, the sense of strength. And and it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. You know, I'm I'm curious. I'm intrigued. Yeah, but is he the, like Worf the diplomat now? Yeah, but there's yeah, I just I don't know. I I hope if if he is a pacifist, it's done in a way that shows there is another way to show strength other than violence. 
right? That there's a, yeah. there's a way for us to communicate this in a different way. And that's what we're choosing to do. What I don't want them to do is to, to, you know, not only is he a pacifist, but I don't want them to pacify his character, right? To strip his character of, of his strength, his, 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 his moral code and what that brings. Um, Cause I think it's great that you have this character who stands up for what they believe in, regardless of what the consequences are. And so. Um, Chippy reminds us that Hemmer said pacifism does not equal not fighting for what you believe in. So. There you go. That's a great point. But I, I feel like you ever guys see, you guys ever see Kung Fu, you know, uh, with Kwai Chan Kane, you know, walking the earth, you know, the, the, the TV show that used to be, was supposed to be for Bruce Lee, but then David Carradine took it over. Yes. And then the, so, so I feel like Worf's going to wind up like that character where he can kick ass, but you know, that's not his first choice. Whereas as in the 11 seasons, Worf is always looking for a fight. He's always looking to like, you know, to, uh, to, to, Today is to a good it. day to die, right? Exactly. He's always looking for a fight, but now you know, like, but you could be badass, be able to kick everyone's ass, and you know, you go, I don't need to demonstrate myself in my martial ability because I know I'm amazing, and I don't need to prove it to you. But come at me, boy! And <laughs> but like, I feel like that's the way it's going to wind up. Like, you know, I, I don't think. You know, because he doesn't actually say he's a pacifist. He says, "I prefer pacifism now." You know, mm. nowadays. So it's a, a so it's a slight difference, and it's only there for for Riker to say, like this is in the trailer. You know, Warp goes, "I let everyone know that I prefer pacifism nowadays," and Riker goes, "Like we're all gonna die, teleport out." I mean, that that, that, that that's that, that that's the context of that. So right. But as as y'all have mentioned, and then Kian brings back up, is that uh, he's still um, wielding a giant sword. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, what do you think are some other key moments, since y'all, I think, have watched more of TNG um, than I have? What are other key moments of Worf's character progression that you would identify? You you go first, Clack Clack, because I could go I could go all night. <laughs> so I'll start I'll start with TNG. I think there's there's understanding of his adoptive parents and what it was like for him to be in, in two worlds. I think there is the uh the romantic relationship with Kalar, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and what that was like for him. And and it was always like, wow, we get to see a different side of war, dare I say a more tender side. Uh... And then <laughs> and and then there's the the character that so many people hated in Alexander and Worf's son and getting to see him as a father and the growth that that takes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, early on in TNG, there's these these moments where, you know, we see him to me. He was a lot like Data in this 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 way of going, OK, I'm not just going to be this this character that is kind of one or two notes, angry and mean and you know, he would be more reflective and starting to have conversations with people when, you know, kind of employing the Socratic method where he's asking people questions rather than just going, this is how you do it. Um, and I, I, when I, so by the time that we got to the end of TNG, he was much more reflective and contemplative than he was in the beginning. hundred uh, percent. For me, like one of my favorite episodes of, uh, of Worf is in 
Deep Space Nine in an episode called Rules of Engagement. Mm. And this is where Worf, uh, like the Klingons and uh, the Federation are kind of at a Cold War type thing. Mm-hmm. And Worf is in command of Defiant. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the, the whole the whole episode is, ta- is told through flashbacks, through a court scene, basically, where Worf has, is accused of killing, uh, like, like firing on a civilian, tra- a Klingon civilian transport. And blah, 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 you know, like, uh, he, he didn't do it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was a trap trying to, like, discredit Worf, blah, blah, blah. Similar Worf, to what happened to his father. Yeah, yeah. But Worf, like, you know, at the end, like, you know, Cisco comes to Worf and he goes, like, let's go celebrate. And, you know, he goes, uh, I don't feel like celebrated uh, because, like, you know, I didn't know in the trial until until the trial that basically I wanted a fight, you know, like, like I wanted to, I wanted, you know, I wanted to kill, I wanted to prove myself in battle in a way against other Klingons. So that, you know, and, and then Cisco like goes, you know, that was your first mistake. Well, your second mistake and blah, blah, blah. You know, so, but like, you know, like there's this, not just a growth as a, uh, as from like, you know, a Klingon in, you know, human society, but there's also this growth of like, I'm a Lieutenant and now I'm going to Lieutenant Commander. Like there, there's this, mm-hmm. there's this leadership growth that happens with them too, that is also very interesting to watch, especially in DS Nine, because like now he's no longer security. He is he's a red shirt, you know, yeah. not not yellow, uh, yeah. not yellow. Yeah. So, so now, now he has to trust and lead versus be a good soldier. And I think yeah. you know, like, or, or take take orders basically. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very good episode. Of course, my favorite episode uh, of all the encapsulation of uh, of Klingon culture is uh, "Tack the Wind" with uh, Esri, where Esri just like breaks down the Klingon. It, it like in basically four minutes, he like cuts you know the Klingon like you know ethos to shred in an amazing way. Anyway, heart heart Esri. <laughs> I, I, I love what you said there when you talk about Worf kind of sitting into command, because I think when I look back in DS9, he's often in the captain's chair. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about the Defiant, he's he's often in that chair and he has a, a he's a senior leadership position where as much as he was part of the senior staff on TNG. Like at the end of the day, it was like Picard, then it was like Riker, then it was like Data, like then at one point it was like Jordy, and then it's like Troy. Like Worf wasn't exactly like next to next to next in line. Like he was that. Like everybody would have to be on an away team, and like sure. the helmsman would have to like be on break or busy or something before Worf got to sit in the chair. Like it mm-hmm. was like it was always something. And so I think we saw a, a, a much more uh, leadership um, perspective of of Worf uh, on DS Nine. 11 seasons, baby. And they milked yeah. it. They, they did a good job with 11 seasons. Uh, what are y'all hoping to see from Worf joining Picard in this particular timeline? It's a good question. Like, I mean, I would hope it is an encapsulation of what y'all are saying. It's like we've had 11 seasons with this character. We'll get a little bit of a catch up of what he's been doing since then. And hopefully it's that continuation. So, so he, here's my question. Like, you know, 
you have had people like you go from you have Picard who was super captain and arguably the best captain of his generation, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have Riker who uh, I assume did very well on the Titan. Clyde might know. I don't know. Maybe Clyde knows. <laughs> He's very Two good. Thumbs up. <laughs> very good. Very good. And Warp, who, like, you know, in his own right, has become really, you know, he became ambassador to, mm-hmm. you know, the Klingon Empire, uh, as well as leadership. You know, so here are these, like, really established people. You know, I don't know if they're, you know... I don't know if it's going to feel like, I hope they, they do something with it as opposed to just go back to, you know, the uh, TNG uh, hierarchy, you know, like it, 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 I, I feel like they're all going to, rather than be like this leadership kind of thing, they're all going to feel like pals hanging out and like being shot at as opposed to like, Oh, here is, here's one leader. Kind it's of more thing. oceans eight than TNG. Yeah, actually. No, yeah. no, I, I think, I think it might be a great way of putting it. Uh, you know, like, like it probably like, yeah, I, I think I think that's a great way of putting it, Mariah. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that it's a that we see a well-rounded, mature kind of character and that this is this is a peer team up and not him just sliding back into the 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 kind of the old suit hierarchy. Right. But but yeah. we're seeing something but, like like you said, like a like a Ocean's 8. Sure. Um yeah, and and I'm it's I, I look at this and think, you've got someone who lives an incredible life, they're now retired, and now you're hanging out with them. The stories they have to tell and the wisdom that they have to bring, is is from all these things. Like not for nothing, he fought in the Dominion War, right? right. Like, like, you know, not only did he fight the Borg, but he fought the Dominion. Like I don't know where the Titan was or what Jean Luc was doing, but. Worf has got some, some he's battle tested like he he's evolved he's he's loved he's lost like there's been a lot that's happened to him mm-hmm. i i don't want us to just gloss over that like i'm hoping that 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 character is going to feel full right that we're going to see a bunch of full characters head yeah. first dive in head first diving head first anything else y'all want to say about Worf, sins of the father or the trailers. I mean, my my favorite. Well, aside from lore, the thing I'm most looking forward to is why they bring back Moriarty. That's all. Oh, you know, where, true. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I go like, oh, that's that's great. I, I two episodes. I liked his character. I didn't love him. He was fine. You mm-hmm. know, he kind of was kind of arch. But like, why? Why? Like, is it is it the writers just just digging digging? in the you know the seven seasons and finding something or is there going to be a good reason that's the only thing because i'm really excited about it because head first but you know i i i want to see why it's there yeah that'll be interesting you know i think that brings up an interesting concern that i have we're talking about a lot right like this is a lot we're not talking about 27 episodes or 24 episodes again like in this lone conversation you're bringing back so you're adding the tng crew to an already existing picard crew right you've got lore you've got uh amanda plumber 
and now we're talking about Moriarty. Like that feels like a lot. Like I feel full just talking about it. And hopefully it's a satisfying meal. <laughs> I'm hoping. There you go, too. Brad. So, boo, boo. Head first. Head first. We'll That's see. all I can say. We'll see. Like, it's a lot. It will, hopefully wait, it's wait, not wait, 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 dry wait. replicator shirky. But let's fly. <laughs> Engage. Hit um, it. Punch it. <laughs> we got them all. Uh, oh, what's uh, what's Don Lewis? Let's go. Let's oh. go. <laughs> let's go. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all I have for this evening. Unless y'all have anything else you want to chat no. about, but um, I think ideally we should be back. I'll double check with y'all, but I'm thinking we're back February second, uh, which is not next week, but the week after, um, with another live stream, and we'll chit chat about some of these other characters that are coming back. I was gonna originally propose Beverly Crusher. But we could do a lore episode. Perhaps we'll put up a poll on our Twitters. Listen, I'm never going to turn down an episode about Gates McFadden as long as we don't have to talk about that. No, no, that's the one we got to watch. No, can't watch the no, no, that's We're not watch the cringiest no. one to watch. <laughs> I'm not watching the no. cringe. <laughs> I don't need to watch unconsensual cringe. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I've seen it recently. Thanks, Patreon. Watch, watch along. I'm good. I don't need to maybe ever see that one again. Yeah, yeah. We will decide. We'll put up a poll if you all want us to talk about Beverly Crusher or Lore next week. I'm sure we'll make time for both of them in between now and then because Picard is back February 16th, y'all. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. It is coming back with 10 episodes. So that'll take us into April. So all spring, we're talking Picard. Um, but you can subscribe, rate, and review to uh, this podcast on Apple, Spotify, all those places. Visit StarTrekPod.co. Uh, you can also find our Patreon link there. Uh, if you guys enjoy us, I'd love a review on Apple Podcasts. It's, it helps us out, uh, helps people find us. We'd appreciate it as we're getting ready for Picard season. Um, Clyde, where can people find us on Twitter? You can always find us at Star Trek Pod is our handles on Twitter. Um, shout out to Karen who helps run the Twitter. Thanks, Karen. We appreciate you. That's all for us tonight. We appreciate you. Uh, live long and prosper. Bye. Bye, everyone. Go fast. <laughs>